You are listening to the Christian Worship Center podcast. For more information about our church, please visit us at cwcstillwell.com. We hope you enjoy this message. Welcome to Christian Worship Center. We're glad you are here. Amen. This is Hanukkah service. And mo- and sometimes in these uh, special services, people kind of try uh, start to get a little, um, you know, they're like they're not sure what's going on, so they get a little tight. I want y'all to loosen up this morning. Amen. Because <laughs> we're we are here to celebrate a hidden feast. When G- when God created the Sabbath day, He said, "I created." The Sabbath for man, not man for the Sabbath. And so this is one of the Sabbath feasts. And this is one we celebrate that was created for us. And the reason it was created is because it holds the light of all feasts in it. Because for every, for the Sabbath day, when God created the Sabbath day, every one of these feasts has a light in it. I mean, it has a special light of its own. Now, that's shouting ground. Do you know who the light is? So Jesus is represented in every feast. So it's not feast of the Jews. It's feast of the Lord. Because it is his feast. That's why we celebrate them. We don't celebrate them like the Jews do. Because... They're still celebrating in the original in the in the way that they did it. But you know what? We celebrated in the miracle of Christ. And so this morning, this feast is we're going to talk about the light of Christ in Hanukkah. Because he is the light. Amen. And this is this is the reason we celebrate this one is because it's all about it's called the festival of lights. But Hanukkah in the Hebrew or in the in English means dedication. So, so we are dedicating ourselves for special. Amen. So we can receive what God has got for us at this season. How many would like to receive what God has got for you this season? This moment, this time, this time frame, you want to receive from God. For what he is, because he's an appoint, he's got appointments. So just this is one of his divine appointments. You said, well, it's not in the Bible. That's because it's hidden. Amen. How many remembers in the book of Revelation where he talks about you will eat of the hidden manna? You know, the good stuff is all hidden. You don't find gold on top of the ground. You don't find diamonds on top. Come on, y'all. You don't find precious metals and jewels on top of the ground. They're not easy to find. You've got to dig for them. So guess what? When things are hidden in God, you've got to go there and you've got to dig in the spot it's in. You can't just hope it shows up for you and be excited and shout over it and hope it comes. You have got to do some work. Oh, I know the Christians, we hate that word. Because we think that everything is given to us, and it is. But most everything that is precious that God's got 
has some, you do this, and I'll do this. Come on, he said, draw nigh unto me, and I will draw nigh unto you. Us as Christians, we want it all to come one way. But how many knows this is not a one-way street? You give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to your bosom. So the deal is to, today that we're going to give back to God everything that he has given for us. So this feast is all about me giving myself to him so I can receive what he has for me. If you're not willing to give, you might as well leave now. I'm just saying, I mean, not being rude, not being hateful, but if you're not willing to give your all, then you're not going to receive in this season what God is wanting. The church has become more about seeking the miracles and the signs and wonders than about the signs and wonders following them. Come on, you're not supposed to go chasing after them. They follow you. Mm. Come on, it said he confirmed his word with signs following. There's some things don't happen without his word going first because his word is what activates the miraculous. Come on, if there's no word, then there's probably not any miracles. Because his word is what confirmed every miracle. His, the miracles confirmed the word that was going forth. This is why in Mario Marilla's meetings that you will find that the gospel is preached first. And then miracles begin to happen like crazy. Because God's power and anointing is in his word. Well, I'm not being mean this morning. I'm just saying this is what it is. So the focus of this move is not on worship. Oh, I'm sorry. Y'all just, I'm messing y'all up, I know. But the focus of what God is about to do in the last days is not on worship. It's not on praise. And it's not on the signs and wonders. And it's not even on the prophetic. It is on his word. You got Bible for that preacher? Yeah, I do. And I'm about to show you some of it. Because I want you to understand that when we're celebrating this feast right here this morning, it's all of this lines up with his word. When his word lines up and begins to become our whole objective, we are filled with his word. We are anointed by his word. We are studying his word. We are filling ourselves up with his word. Then we don't have a problem. You don't have a problem coming up here. The word's just going to flow out of you. And when his word starts to begin to flow, whether it's at Walmart, whether it's at, at the grocery store, whether it's at the gas pump, wherever it is, his word just begins to flow. And signs and wonders happen. Hmm? Amen. Now, I'm not against the prophetic. We have it, and we're going to have more of it. But that's not the focus. We have worship. That is great. That is wonderful. And it takes it. But that is not the focus. The focus, what God is back on right now, is mark my word. 
preach my word. Say my word. And when you get his word going on inside of you, guess what's going to happen? Signs and wonders will follow the believer. Oh, I'm so far off of what I'm supposed to preach. That was good. So, we're going to talk a minute about the Feast of Hanukkah. The Feast of Hanukkah, also known as the Festival of Lights or the Feast of Dedication, is found in the book of 1 Maccabees chapter 24. And we will, I will go into that on Wednesday nights. I'm not going to read it this morning. But if you've never read the book of Maccabees 1 and 2, you need to. Um. Not, not, not going to go on that this morning. But it starts on the 25th day of Keslaw, according to biblical calendar, which may occur at any time between, from late November to late December. It is early this year on the Gregorian calendar. But Yeshua, or Jesus, celebrated, celebrated um, the Feast of Hanukkah by making a long journey, about 70 miles, a three-day walk to Jerusalem. He felt it so important that he be at the Feast of Dedication that he walks three days. Come on, some of you can't even do it 10 minutes. Some of us not even four. Yeah, I'm with you. So you got to want to be there bad if you're going to make a three-day tour. Jesus knew how important it was. And if you'll go to John chapter 10, you will find how important it was that some people got set free on the feast of dedication. Because it was that important for him to be there. It's that important for you to know what this is about. You say, I don't, I don't get it, Pastor. You don't have to. <laughs> John chapter 10 and verse 22. This is in the NLT. The King James Version says, Feast of Dedication, I believe. But John chapter 10 and verse 22 in the NLT, the New Living Translation, said it was now winter, and Jesus was in Jerusalem at the time of Hanukkah, the feast or the festival of dedication. Jesus was there. So did Jesus celebrate Hanukkah? Yeah, he did. The story of Hanukkah begins during the reign of the Greek ruler Alexander the Great. And Alexander, you know, conquered Syria and, and Egypt and Israel. And he allowed these nations under his control to continue observing their own religions. He, he, he allowed them to uh, continue it and retain a certain degree of normalcy. But under Alexander's rules, many Jews assimilated to, into the Greek culture adopting the language, the customs, and the dress of the Greeks. More than one century later, the Greeks had a new leader, and this guy was King Antiochus, Antiochus, I believe is his name, that began to severely oppress the Jewish people. And in 168 B.C., his soldiers descended upon Jerusalem, massacring thousands of Jewish people, desecrating the holy temple, even dedicated a pig. Offered a pig as a sacrifice in the altar, on the altar of, 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 the, of, the, of the temple, of the altar of incense. Or I mean the altar of sacrifice. So he, he did this by, and he, 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 he desecrated the holy temple, built an altar to the Greek god Zeus, Zeus and, and sacrificing pigs thereof. This upset the Jewish people so bad because they saw their temple desecrated. I wonder if anybody's upset by what America's doing today. Uh, is anybody upset about them erecting a 
erecting a arch, a veil in New York City? Is anybody upset about that? Come on, they're bringing the all back. Because under that arch is where they offered children to Baal and sacrifice them, aborted them. Uh, I wonder if his church is anywhere near upset. Are we just, oh, it's going to be. Come on, this made, they made, they were, but, but many of them were afraid to fight back. Come on. I think that's where America is right now. We know it's bad. We know it's wicked. But what can we do? What can we do? <laughs> but... <laughs> A guy by the name of Judah Maccabee. This is why, or Maccabus. This is why the book of Maccabees is so important. Because this guy by the name of Judas Maccabus said, I'm not bowing to the Greek way of doing things. I'm, I'm against them erecting a Baal altar and a bell arch on my territory that has been dedicated to the God of Israel. And they went on to miraculously, the miraculously defeat the Greeks, rededicated the temple to the Lord, and declared the Feast of Dedication or the Feast of Hanukkah to be celebrated on Kislev, the 25th, to remember these events. And if you want to know where that's at, that's in the book of Maccabees. You can find it. But according to the Talmud, at the time of the rededication, there was very little oil left that had been defiled by the Greeks. So there wasn't a lot of oil left. They had desecrated it all. They had stole it all. They had run away. But all, all of a sudden, Judas went back to the temple and they got to digging through the rubble and they found a bottle that, that, that the Greeks had not found. They found a bottle of oil. It was enough to burn them candles for one day. One day is enough to just burn the, the lamp of God. For, you, you understand how big this thing was. This menorah was huge. I need to use the other one. So this is why. So the oil was needed for the for the menorah in the temple, which supposed was supposed to stay lit all the time. It was never supposed to go out. That was God's command to Moses. The oil was never supposed to run out. But look what happened. The devil had got into the temple. He had stole all of their stuff. He had desecrated it all. And now they had to run back in there and rededicate, redo. And they begin to say, we got to celebrate because we found some oil. We don't know what it was. 
We've done back the Greeks off of the temple. They can't come back in here. They can't steal our church. They can't steal our worship. They can't steal our God. They can't take away our joy. We got the all of gladness. We're going to put it back in the, in the church. We're going to relight the temple. We're going to relight the menorah. We're going to relight his candlestick in our place. So there was enough oil for it to burn one day. But yet, miraculously, this one bottle burned for eight days. Come on, till they could harvest some more. I don't know if y'all got that or not. But this is why they celebrate Hanukkah for eight days. Because they celebrate it for every day day that the candle burned. Lighting one candle for each night of the feast. This is how how Hanukkah becomes known as the festival of lights. Now I want you to understand the Hanukkah menorah is fashioned kind of like the temple menorah that God commanded Noah Moses to build in Exodus chapter 25. But unlike the seven-branch candlestick in the temple, the menorah has nine branches. Letting us know that he has two extra grafted branches. This is a picture of Zechariah, of Zechariah's prophecy. Remember the two olive branches on each side, pouring the oil into the menorah? And the other eight or the other six, seven candlesticks was burning off of the oil that was dripping from the olive trees. There are two branches of olive trees. One is the Gentiles, one is the wild olive, and one is the is the is the olive that was tamed. That is the Jews and the Gentiles. That is his two branches in the earth. That's his two witnesses. Come on, how many knows you're one of them? We've been grafted in. In two thousand, I think I, I I I said this a few weeks ago, but in I believe it was two thousand six that the church had no new people added to the kingdom of God all across the nation of America. There was no. We lost as many as we got saved in two thousand six, according to George Barner's record. There was no new blood, not even one. So what had happened is that, remember Constantine? Everybody remember that name? Constantine cut the stump off, the tree off at the stump, and put it over here without its roots, and planted it over here and changed every day, changed every feast, made them all blend with pagan pagan holidays, and he remolded and remade the church of Jesus Christ with no roots. And he killed all the Jewish people. And killed all the Jewish influence in the church in his day. It was when the church married the world. If you want to know where that happened, go look in the, in the book of Revelation, chapter number 3 and, or 2. And you will find the church at Pergamos. Because per means perverted. And gamos means marriage. 
That's when the church married the world. He talks about it all through that church. When he talks about that church, he said, you have promoted paganism. You have decided. And so the church learned how to celebrate with a mixture. It was a mixed marriage. It was the world and the church come together to become one. Guess what? In 2006, God said, church can't be the world anymore. I won't bless it. And so in 2007, there was a little group born out of another state. They called themselves the road to Jerusalem. And they began to, the Jews began, the Messianic Jews began to unite with the Gentiles and teach them about the menorah and teach them about the Torah and teach them the importance of Davidic worship and teach them the importance of the feast and begin celebrating with them as one and when 2007 ended we had twice as many born into the kingdom because of road to Jerusalem brought the roots back into the Christian church they begin to understand the talit they begin to understand the shofar. They begin, and now it's not anybody's business. Everywhere Christian church you go to usually has the shofar and a menorah set up somewhere in their car. You know why? Because now we understand that it isn't a Jewish feast, but it's the feast of the Lord. And we're a part of what God is doing. I knew I wasn't going to get finished today. So this is a picture of the olive trees being grafted. And how many knows that the wild olive can't bear fruit unless it's grafted to a tame olive tree? So the wild olive has to be grafted back in so that we become one. That's why Jesus said, I pray that Jerusalem or that that Israel and the Gentiles become unified as one. And then shall the end be. (laughs) You can't tell me that we aren't wrapping up because we're seeing it come together. And we're seeing the Jewishness and the Gentile drop their mess. And we are becoming the body that Jesus prayed for in John chapter 17. When he said, I pray that God makes you one. Well, answer to his prayer. You showing up today and wanting to learn about a hidden feast. Hidden light of Christ. Mm. So there's eight candles on the menorah in the, but that the Hanukkah candle stick back up. There it is. There's eight. There's four on each side, and one in the middle. The one in the middle stands for. It's called the Shamash candle. It is lit every night, and it supplies. The other candles with fire each night. This is called the Shamash or the servant candle. Who is the servant candle? 
that's Jesus. He came without any reputation. He came as a servant. He clothed himself in humility. And he came down here to light your candle. Here's why we celebrate Hanukkah. It's because our Shabbos came down here to light us up. To light you up. He's the center of it all. He has to do everything. Without him, we can do nothing. He is divine. We are the branch. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. If that don't bless you, mm, I'm worried about you. First John 1, 5 and 7. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Don't get nervous. Now this is the message we have heard from him and announced to you that God is light and in him there is no darkness at all. Come on, there's not even a shadow in him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 6, if we say we have fellowship with him and keep walking in darkness, we lie and we do not the truth. Come on, I'm putting it plain. If we keep walking in the darkness, guess what? We're going to lose the light. Come on, I, show, I showed you a few weeks. I don't know when it was. I'm, time just escapes me now. But the church at Ephesus, Jesus says to them, and I'm going to show you in the coming Wednesday nights how that each one of these candles represents us or seven of them represent seven of the churches and represents the seven church age on kind of what Jesus said to them. Because remember, he's the Shamash. And John chapter 1 tells us that he is in the midst of the candlesticks. He's the middle candle. If you go through the feast, the middle candle also represents the feast of Pentecost. Somebody ought to shout. Because the Holy Spirit is what ignites the fire in you. Hallelujah. All right. Got to quit. But if we walk in the light, verse 7, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Well, I have to quit doing this. No, you don't. Just stay under the blood, and the blood will wash it all away. Just get under the fountain. Get under the Stay under the fountain, and his blood will take care of every sin. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Mm. Mm. Yeshua, being God in the flesh, said in John 8, 12, I want you to go there and then we're going to close. And they're going to come back. We're going to sing that again. What a beautiful name it is. He says, then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. Somebody ought to shout right now. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness but shall have the light of life. Mm, Hallelujah. He's the middle candle. 
He is the one that lights all the rest of... I want to tell you the light of Hanukkah is Christ. What caused the oil to burn? It was Christ. What caused the light to keep on shining? It was Christ. What will, what will cause the light to shine back in America again? It'll be Christ. The church has to get tired of what they're facing, of what's going on. And the reason the word of faith taught us to speak things into existence is so we can learn to speak life into a dying nation. They taught us how to speak faith. And now we're up here. I don't know. We're like Ezekiel. I don't know if them, that bones can live or not. Because he's tearing up some stuff up in here. The devil is wreaking havoc of America. Every day it's getting worse. Every moment. But I, whoo, hallelujah, the shamash has showed up to light the candlestick. And I'm telling you, he can put the light back in America again. How many believes that? I want you to stand all over this building and I want you to proclaim he shall have the light of life. We shall have the light of life. America shall have the light of life. Come on, you say, preacher, where are you getting all this? I'll tell you where I'm getting it. The first president of the United States sitting on his at his desk saw the mess that is going on right now and he said that the Holy Spirit showed him the sons of God begin to rise up all over the nation and light begin to come alive in the nation and it put out the darkness come on in there if he thought enough of George Washington in 1776 to give him a word of knowledge and the vision of prophetic. America's not done. If the church is not done. The enemies make it look like it's going to have to be a rescue mission. It don't have to be. Because my Bible says that only he that now let will let till he be taken out of the way. How many of you are gone yet? I know some of you checked out already. And you reared back in your recliner going to watch the show happen. But there's a few under the sound of my voice that has said I'm not checking out. I'm just now checking in. Oh, because then spake Jesus again unto them. We need him to speak again, don't we? Saying, I am the light of America. Uh-huh. He said the world. That's globally. But the world is wherever you are. And we're in the world, but we're not of the world, right? So I want to just change it and say he's the light of America. But he that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. 
How many people am I talking to this morning? You have the light of life in you. You have Jesus Christ and him crucified living in you. You have him inside of you. No, you may not be perfect, but you're forgiven. No, you may not have it all together, but you serve the one that does. And he said he made him that knew no sin to become the righteousness of God in Christ. Oh, to become sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So look what you traded for your mess. You traded his righteousness. So this morning in closing, verse 9 and 5, chapter 9 and verse 5, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. Come on, you are in the world. And as long as you got him in the world, he's still the light. Come on, he didn't ask you to become who you couldn't be. He asked you to just spare him. That's all you do. When you go out to Walmart, you just bear the light. Yeshua is no longer in the world, but he has lit the other eight branches of the menorah, which is a picture of us, all the church ages. Come on, including all seven of the feasts. With the two extra feasts, the hidden feast, which is Hanukkah, and the feast of Purim, which is in Esther. Come on, he didn't leave nothing out. The feast of dedication takes in all of him. Come on, he's here not to dedicate a a little bit of it. But that's the reason if God thought so much of this feast of dedication that he included all the church ages. He included the two extra feasts in one and became the light of the center. Come on, you can't beat a deal like that. So what you worried about your family for? If he thought all of this out and he created something to bring all inclusive of anything that might happen, Come on, he didn't forget your kids. <laughs> so this morning, we are a picture of him, of the menorah. So there are five points, four points that I want to leave with you in closing. We are not to assimilate with the world. Come on, you, you, can't, you can't do the world thing and do the church thing. It don't work in this season. Come on, you might have got with, by with it for 15 years prior, but this season it won't work. Come on, you can't keep, keep skipping out on God just because you get disappointed. There are people that are so in love with themselves that every time they get disappointed, they lay out on God. They stop praying. They stop reading because they've been disappointed. I'm about done. I know y'all want me to be done. Verse number two, that God still was and is 
in the miracle business. He's still the same God when he was walking the streets of Jerusalem as he is right now in 2021. So number three, Yeshua is the light of the world. Jesus is our light. Number four, we are to let the light of Yeshua shine through us. There's the four points I want to leave with you. And I want you to get it, church. This week, we got eight night, eight nights celebrating Hanukkah. This is the first one. We're celebrating a truly feast of dedication. I want you to dedicate yourself to Shamash, to the center of Jesus being the center of it all. He's the center of every feast. He's the center of every meal. He's the center of your job. He's the center. If you make Jesus the center of your workplace, you're going to get promoted. Oh, I didn't say that good, did I? If you make Jesus the center of your job, you will get a promotion. You may outgrow the business, Daniel. How many feel the Holy Ghost in here right now? This is the season of dedication. I want us to close this service out by He didn't want heaven without us. He didn't want to enjoy the Father's presence and all the holy angels shouting holy without you there. So He brought heaven down to you. He knew you couldn't get there, but he said, I don't care. I'm coming down to get you. And he's already came, and he's seated at the right hand of the Father, and he's lit your candle. What a beautiful name it is. Amen? How many is ready? I want you to lift your hands right now and say, God, I want to dedicate myself to your will and to your way. Shine your light upon me. Shine your light through me. Shine your light through me, God.